Okay, folks, good to see you. We're on page, uh, let me get my glasses on, page 62 in the book. And if you're following along uh, by means of internet with us today on YouTube, we're studying in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24. So as we look together, the theme of the study today uh, is talking about Jesus' return, or as the I would put it in the direct words there of the author, the return of Jesus. Now, as we look at Matthew chapter 24, there is a lot more information in that particular chapter than we'll uh, cover today. So, with that in mind, uh, keep your Bibles open. So, Matthew 24, we begin reading in just a moment in verse number 3, and we'll uh, follow along as we jump through that chapter. Uh, Let's pray for one another uh, in these days. We have lots of prayer concerns around us, and uh, we pray that God will give grace and peace to every person that has uh, asked us to remember them, okay? I'm trying to remember. Somebody had uh, asked me even recently to uh, remember them, and that's what happens when I sit down and not get my thoughts in order first. Uh, Some are traveling, so let's uh, remember them as well. Let's pray as we begin. Father, with humble hearts, grateful hearts, Lord, we approach your throne of grace, thanking you, Lord, for this uh, journey of life. Lord, it is uh, an interesting uh, journey that we're on, and Lord, we know that it will uh, ultimately uh, bring us to the place, Lord, that will forever be in the glories of heaven with you. And Lord, I pray today as we uh, study this passage about the soon return of our Lord, that we would uh, study it with the standpoint of wanting information, but more than that, Lord, that it might even uh, give us a a desire to live uh, more pure, more holy, because, Lord, of your imminent return. Give grace now and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. On page 62, if you have a quarterly... And if you don't, I'll try to make sure there's some there. We may be giving them all out. But on page 62, where the Bible meets life as the quarterly is laid out, what the author does there is he uh, talks about major milestones. Now, believe me, uh, there is way more major milestones in most people's lives than he has listed. He's not trying to give us an exhaustive list there but he is giving at least three suggestions of major things uh, that we have uh, came to or points that we have came to in our lives. Number one, he talks about graduation. Number two, marriage. And number three, retirement. And if you're here today and you have reached all three of those, uh, bless you and uh, I pray God gives you many more days of peace and plenty, I call it, okay? But I remember the days when, boy, if we could just get through with high school, if I can get out of school, get me a job, you know, and uh, et cetera. Boy, we'll have, we'll have things made then. Well, you know, uh, after June of 1974, I realized that, work, I mean, that uh, school was a lot easier than uh, what I had gotten myself into. Uh, but it was a milestone, you know, to get to move that tassel off of that graduation cap. And then uh, as the writer uses these two words, he talks about nervous anticipation. 
and uh, stepping into the real world. Second thing he alludes to there is marriage. Wow, boy, that was a significant uh, milestone in uh, our lives. Debbie and I married on uh, 6-14 of 75, so she and I will be celebrating, what, 46 years and uh, making uh, us rather old. When you try to date that with when your mom and dad celebrated their 50th anniversary and you're thinking, wow, are we old? we're as old as they were back then. But uh, yes, marriage, one of those uh, uh, significant moments in our life. Uh, he gives us in this sentence, he's excited to marry her, but nervous about all the challenges and responsibilities that come with sharing a life together. So Debbie and I will be celebrating, but also uh, our first grand youngin will be marrying here in about three or four weeks. And I told somebody the other day, it's harder to watch your grand youngins get married than it is to watch your own youngins get married. Somehow, uh, we, uh, we just take that a little more serious even. But then he uses the R word, retirement. So I'm glancing through the crowd in a hurry and trying to calculate how many of us still have a job, you know. And uh, there are a few of us, so we're... We're grateful for that. Hardly a week goes by and somebody don't ask me, well, when are you going to slow down or when are you going to retire? And I said, well, that announcement isn't coming soon. Anyway, the, the writer calls it slowing down or having more time for hobbies, activities, coupled with anxious questions about finances and health. All of that is uh, milestones in our life, but he goes and carries us to the real challenge that we have in our life, the milestone, what we look forward to, what we're anticipating is the coming of our Lord. Matthew chapter 24, someone said, and it was in Bible college, I can't remember which professor it was, but talked about Matthew chapter 24 as a prophecy. But he said, uh, we can look at that sometimes as having a double reference. In other words, some of what we talk about in Matthew 24 uh, is uh, leading us unto the rapture. In other words, there will be qualities and thoughts of life that, that will culminate there with the rapture. But also there are things uh, that are alluded to in this chapter that will also be present before what we call the second return or the millennial uh, reign of Christ. But what we're looking at here, corresponding with Matthew, I mean, corresponding with Acts chapter 1, he gives us some of these uh, thoughts. We read now again, Matthew 24, verse 3 said, While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, because these things must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. Now, uh, as we have read that, let me ask you just, I reckon just as simple as now, 
How old were you when you remember for the first time, maybe an old preacher preaching on that, or a Bible study on that, and you really just fell into a, a spiritual trance, so to speak, and it just overwhelmed you, the things that Jesus was describing here. Can you remember the first time possibly? Were you 8 or 18? Were you 12 or 22? Uh, I sort of remember the late 60s, early 70s, you know, when uh, some of the reel-to-reel movies were coming coming out, Thief in the Night, some of those uh, things. Uh, So I I wasn't, I was double digits, let me say, okay, Uh, that that I began to hear and listen to the Word as it was being, being taught or preached or whatever. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I didn't take those words as encouraging because I felt like I had a lot to accomplish uh, in life uh, before uh, eternity would uh, overwhelm or take over uh, my life. So with that in mind, uh, the disciples had been with Jesus about three years, three and a half years, and uh, now uh, they're in a discourse there in the last Uh, the very last days of Jesus' life. And there's the question, as they are along with Him there, what's going to be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Now, with that in mind, that's a loaded question that they're throwing at Jesus. However, it doesn't catch Him by surprise, uh, because He's the omniscient one. But He begins to open up again, as He has many times, about what is happening in his life, and that also prophetically. If you read this uh, to, or this week, you know that these two paragraphs under this written passage of Matthew 24 uh, is personal detail that this author gives uh, concerning uh, his life. And after a, he de- details some of what happened after a car accident and uh, heavy uh, doses of pain medicine, addiction, uh, talking about the life cycle of an addict, the life cycle. Uh, but a, a phrase he keeps repeating through that uh, discourse there that he had went through was, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, I'm sure you've heard that before. Now, if it wasn't nothing other than your mama trying to treat you for your stomachache, well, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But in life, uh, we've heard those things, and it might not be concerning addictions that uh, made us to hear that. Now, when we look at these verses that I just read, uh, the writer sort of ties that together with what Jesus is saying there. Uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, most of us think it's about as bad as it can get, but friend, let me tell you something. We still get to go to the grocery store and buy food. We still have money to buy it with right now. We still have a car, plus we can afford the gas to put in it. We're still living in some good days, let me remind you, okay? Now, we don't know why the Lord's holding out and tarrying, but uh, we do know that God is still in control. The last sentence on page 63, uh, he's talking about Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus ascended into heaven, and Jesus is coming back. And that's really the gospel, isn't it? 
He gave us four things there to think about. That Jesus died, He rose again, uh, He ascended, and He's coming back. Four things. And if, we, if I gave you a label for that, I'd just write gospel there. Because that is the gospel in a nutshell. And the one part, see, 75% of it, uh, the world is experienced because Jesus is with the Father. But that 25%, we call it there, is yet to come, and that is the return of Jesus. On page 64, if you're following, and if, again, you're joining us by way of YouTube, we're looking at Matthew 24, 3 through 8, uh, and the disciples are now inquisitive of Jesus. Again, if you look in Acts chapter 1, you remember that question is repeated there, or a similar question is, there's, they're wanting to know, now what do we look for that's going to be the sign of your return? And I know of those two places, and they're recorded in Luke as well. Mark touches that as, as some uh, also. Now, uh, the notes on page 64, he... Uh, makes a reference there uh, when he said Jesus made a reference to his return and the destruction of the temple. He said those two almost cryptic comments that piqued their curiosity. So they asked, tell us when these things are going to happen and the sign. Jesus' response, though, indicates uh, there are going to be two separate events. Now, in this, uh, he talked about the temple being destroyed in A.D. 70. Read the history books. You'll see that absolutely not only the Bible covers that, but secular historians, Jewish historians particularly, have left those references of that. So, with that, we're sort of living in a period of their, I call it a parenthesis. You know, these things have been fulfilled. We're living here waiting for something next to happen. And if you tie that together with the book of Daniel, you'll notice that, you know, the 70 weeks described in Daniel, and that's weeks of years, 69 weeks have been fulfilled. There's a week of years that has not been fulfilled. That will be the tribulation. So we're waiting on Jesus. The question was, when are you going to come back and establish the kingdom? Well, uh, the writer gives some thoughts on that as well. He said, we rightly refer to these events as the end times, but they also mark the beginning. Things like wars, rumors of wars, the rise and fall of empires, and the rumblings in the very belly of the earth signal that dawn is coming. Now, when he made reference to the uh, belly of the earth and the rumblings, he'd talk about earthquakes, etc., now, in, in uh, science of today, they have another term for all that, don't they? They said there's another reason for all that happening. What is it? Global warming. Well, you know, he doesn't say uh, what causes these, but, but I'll tell you something. We can try to explain in our best way why things are changing, but the real difference is that, hey, God's in control of it, and it's His work, and man really don't need to try to manipulate that in any way, okay? So, uh, that's uh, some of what he wanted us to gather. He says, as we read about these signs Jesus predicted, we should read it with hope of those whose salvation rests in Christ.
Love the word hope, don't you? You know, the people that have no hope today are the most miserable people. And uh, we, we see that in uh, some of the other references. He'll talk about men's hearts failing them with fear, etc. He continues in Matthew 24, but notice we're jumping from verse number 8 all the way to verse number 29. Now, if you need to, go back home today, open your Bible and read Matthew chapter 24 in its entirety, and you'll get, as uh, some would say, the rest of the picture, or, you know, the rest of the story. You'll, you'll get that if you'll read the remaining parts of the chapter that we're jumping over. So, in verse number 29, notice, he said, Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, then all the peoples of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory." He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet. They will gather His elect from the four winds from one, from one end of the sky to the other. He said, Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts, leave, and sprouts leaves, you know that the summer is near. Now, we, we read those, and then we'll reread those, and then we'll read more into those. And uh, prophecy is one of those things that uh, everybody approaches it from a little different slant. Uh, I was never a real Hal Lindsey fan, but he, he always tried to take the, the revelation, and he tried to take them and, and take the, the physical characters described there and Try to bring them to modern technology. Well, I've always said this, when Scripture will speak for itself, let's try not to add to the Scripture, okay? And I'm making reference to Revelation with the plagues and the vials, etc. So, in Matthew 29 is where we are, though, and he, Jesus is telling His disciples not to chase after alleged sightings and rumors about where the Messiah is. Daniel earlier, you heard him preaching out of John chapter 4 this morning and uh, the discourse with the lady at the well. So, did you know there's been an ongoing thought since the beginning of time dealing with the man-child and then everybody uh, or, or the ladies and uh, the families wanting a, 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 a man-child to be born into the family. Well, they kept waiting on the Messiah, looking for the Messiah. And many would say, here He is, there He is. Well, did you know people are still looking for the Messiah? The Jewish people in large, not the Messianic Jews, but in large, the Jewish people still believe not that Jesus has come. Jesus to them is not the Messiah. So in these verses now, remember, I'm looking on page 66, Jesus referred to Himself in this passage, as the Son of Man. The writer said this was a phrase that held a specific meaning to the Jews because it was a reference to the Messiah, the Christ. I went back, but references a passage here in Daniel chapter 7. Now think on that Son of Man thought there. 
And uh, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, I'm reading it straight out of the quarterly, so it's in the Holman Christian Standard Edition. He said, I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like, the, like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was escorted before him. He was given dominion and glory, a kingdom, so that those of every people, nation, language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Daniel the prophet considered uh, there one of the uh, major prophets, uh, although the book is not a lengthy book, uh, Daniel gives us a lot of prophetic thought there toward Jesus coming again. And you see some of that thought here. Living as believers means living with anticipation of Jesus' return. I, I must admit, the first thing in my mind every day and sometimes many days pass. I might not think about Jesus coming that day or the next day. You know, it's something we get occupied, and before you know it, uh, we have allowed ourselves to just take it for granted. You know, we're living life and forgetting that uh, Jesus is coming, and we'll see another reference to that in a moment. But uh, here, living in anticipation of Jesus is... Return. He talks about the worldwide events, the pandemic, uh, have caused uh, Christians to wonder, will he be coming now? He compared the signs of his return to the blooming of a fig tree. And, you know, uh, he said, when you see the bloom there, you know that the fruit uh, will not be long coming. And um, that's, that's just some of the things there. They all want to know... What's the sign? How can we tell when you're coming? I skipped page 65, and I, I really wanted to not do that, but I forgot it. On page 65 it are many road signs there, if you're looking at it. And uh, uh, as you see those road signs, they're, they're particular in shape, if you notice that. They're also particular in uh, the display that is on the shapes. And uh, notice, there's no words on any of those signs. How do we know what those mean? You say, well, we studied the test before we went to get our driver. I'm going to tell you, if you follow many people around anymore, they don't know what them signs mean. Because they drive as if they don't, right? You know, I like this, I like this uh, thought on tags. As I'm following uh, someone and the car tag says, In God we trust. And I say, Well, I'm sure glad they're trusting God. Their driving ain't going to get them there. But anyway, the signs. And under that, he talks about what's the purpose of road signs. The signs will point to the return of Christ. And the reason I, I got intrigued with this when I was studying this week is because that's what the Jews wanted, wasn't it? The disciples wanted. Give us a sign. So with that in mind, uh, C.S. Lewis, there's a quote on the bottom of page 65, says, precisely because we cannot predict the moment, we must be ready at all moments. Ready at all moments. 
Now, after we read Matthew twenty four forty two to forty four, uh, we'll we'll delve into this a little bit more. And uh, the ready subject uh, sometimes comes up, and I, I like to use it as a moment to sort of uh, allow me to share some thoughts with others, especially when people ask, you know, are you ready to go? Are you ready to die? I say, no, I'm not ready. I'm prepared. You know, I, I still would say that to you today. I'm saying it all across the Internet today. And some people would take that and run with it. Oh, the preacher said he's not ready to die. I'm not, but I'm prepared. Seriously. Jesus now talks about a readiness or a preparedness for his return. Now remember, he may return for us, all of us in this room. We could all go one at the time, couldn't we? And I was thinking uh, recently about the many, many funerals over 40 years and, you know, the various things. And, you know, it's amazing how those you didn't expect to go went and how some of those you thought were fixing to go, they're still hanging around. Had a guy talking to me before the service this morning, talking about some guy he had met. He's 97 years old and chopping wood with an axe. Now, that guy must, he must, uh, I don't know what he's made out of. But anyway, thinking on this, just be prepared. Therefore, be alert. Now, notice, this is the Hallman Christian Standard uh, reading of Matthew 24, verse 42 to 44. Therefore, be alert, since you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming... He would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you're also to be ready. Because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, when I said earlier, we could use Matthew 24 as a prophecy of double reference. You know, that'll be evident in the days before the rapture, won't it? Matter of fact, we're living in those days. So that's evident. Also, that's going to be evident uh, after or during the period of the tribulation before Christ comes in His second coming, uh, people will likewise not be alert. It's not in our reading today, but how many of you remember that Jesus, in answering some of the questions of the disciples, would talk about Old Testament events. You remember one of the events that he would say? As in the days of Noah. Absolutely. And uh, he said there was marriages taking place, there's weddings on the, this hand of that. And he said, hey, you know, if you want to know a sign, just read about Noah's day. So with that in mind, he said, be alert. Because you don't know what day the Lord is coming you know, going back to the thought there of, of Noah's day, he didn't know, did he? You know, he might have thought he liked a little bit of work on the boat when the Lord said, get in. He could have, he could have thought he wasn't quite through. Then when the Lord latched the door, he could have thought, well, now, hey, I hope this thing floats. You know, Noah was a man like you and I are. But he had heard something from God one day, and he started to work on that boat although it had never rained and one day when God spoke 
they loaded up. Can you imagine, much to his surprise, how it all worked out just like the Lord said it would? You know, sometimes people that want to get overwhelmed with the things that are going on, we want to say, hey, just live each day by faith. You know, live each day with its challenges. Here, the writer said, Jesus moved from prophecy to practical application. And again, the phrase or the thought of being ready. The question that is posed here on page 67, what does it mean to be ready for Jesus' return? I just put there what I've said to you, be prepared. Any old Boy Scouts in here? Remember, wasn't that their motto, be prepared? It ain't the Boy Scouts anymore, though. It's the Boy and Girl Scouts, I reckon. But, uh, and I didn't mean to imply anything there. I don't know what they're called. Scouts, I reckon now. So, be prepared. He talks about, uh, in this next paragraph, a friend. He talked about a friend whose band toured in Illinois in the dead of the winter and talks about how they uh, almost gave out of gas. They floated into the gas station on fumes. And, uh, you know, they hadn't really uh, prepared well for the things that they were going to be engaged in. But he talks about preparation. He said... Uh, by filling up frequently or coming prepared with extra fuel, they would have avoided headache altogether. You know, that's the way it is in our day, isn't it? Make a spiritual application here. If we're prayed up, if we're, if we're where the Lord has called us to be, we won't be overwhelmed when something like that might happen, like the return of our Lord Jesus. He said, we should be like a homeowner who heard a thief was coming in the night. Such a homeowner was diligent on guard, prepared to respond appropriately before the thief had ever, had ever arrived. Living as people ready for Jesus' return affects everything we do, from the way we pray to the way we interact with those around us. Let us be a people who belong to a bigger kingdom, servants of the Master's creation, always on our guard and ready at a moment's Notice to enter into the glorious victory our Lord has promised. He said, what are some of the obstacles to staying alert? Any got, uh, notice, what's some obstacles there to staying alert? I wrote a couple. What's that? Life. Amen. What does life do? Does it get simpler when you retire? No? Okay. <laughs> I knew I could ask uh, him that. He's a wise old fellow. I've watched him as he was able to maybe just change work from retirement. He stays busy. Life. Boy, life's a big subject. I put a couple of words here. I put exhaustion causes us uh, not to stay alert, and distraction causes me not to stay alert. Uh, And I see those applications in life. We happen to live in uh, we happen to live in Florida, uh, twenty miles from Gainesville, in the in the time that Danny Rawling committed all his murders there on the campus and at uh, University of Florida, and although you were twenty miles away, you you you, go, you put yourself on guard, and you know you just was constantly there for a week or two, almost living in fear. That hey boy that that whoever's doing this or whatever's doing this, uh, killing these students, you know he could venture out in, into the bush. We would think twenty miles away, 
And I just remember those days of uh, uncertainty, you know, making sure the doors are locked, making sure the gun's loaded, etc. You say, man, would you live like that? For a week or two we did. But you know, when we think about Jesus coming, we should have the same mental alertness as if a thief might be going to come. Jesus is not a thief. Don't think for a moment he is. Jesus is coming for our good and His glory. But with the uncertainty of the exact day, the thought there is just be prepared. Go about life. Enjoy life. But do it with a mental sharpness that helps us understand and know that the day is at hand. Okay, uh, I thought the lesson would be very sharp and to the point. Next week, uh, those of you who are listening uh, with us on YouTube today, we start the second half of uh, this study here in our, in our quarterly. And we're going to look at subjects like the commission, start with prayer, the message, and etc. So next week we'll be studying out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 uh, through 20, okay? So if you want to mark that in your Bible... Uh, join us next week. You might be already looking uh, at us on a Friday. I'm not sure you got to join us this morning live. Hope you did. But regardless of what day, we'll be back here on next Sunday uh, in the Sanctuary Sunday School class in Matthew chapter 28, okay? Thank you. God bless you, and you have the, a good day and a good week.